Our second reading today is from the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 11, and we we jump around a little in the reading today. It's verses 1 through 3, and then 8 through 16. (laughs) Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith, our ancestors received approval By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he set out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he stayed for a time in the land he had been promised as in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith he received power of procreation, even though he was too old and Sarah herself was barren, because he considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one person, and this one as good as dead, descendants were born, as many as the stars of heaven and as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. All of these died in faith without having received the promises, but from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth, for people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land that they had left behind, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, he has prepared a city for them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Like many Americans throughout history and today, I'm an immigrant. I came to this country in 1978 at the age of 26 with my first husband, who was also British. I was a reluctant immigrant, coming to Orlando, the home of all things Disney, from the elegant medieval city of Cambridge, where we had lived, where we had close family and friends. As immigrants go, I was one of the fortunate ones. I could speak the language and I came from a country that is highly regarded in the United States. I was educated and immediately employable, two more real advantages. Even so, it took me many years to feel at home in this country, and I constantly looked back to my homeland, my heart aching at times to return to a place whose people and way of life were familiar and comfortable. Although I was eligible for citizenship five years after I arrived, 
It was 30 long years before I exchanged my, my alien status for American citizenship. I had spent many long years with little faith of finding a true home here in the, in the States, thinking of, longing for the land that I'd left behind. It took me many years to find the hope I needed of a homeland where I could know happiness. My friend Maria is also an immigrant. She's the mother of my daughter's high school sweetheart. It broke my heart when they broke up. She's a successful professional woman holding a high-ranking personnel job. Maria began life as the child of migrant workers in Arizona. One of seven children, she, helped her, she herself helped in the fields after school. She decided that she wanted to be educated. So she started community college and she asked her English teacher to give her a list of English classics. She said she decided that if she was going to learn English, she wanted to speak the best English she could. So she read Jane Austen and the Brontes. Maria and every single one of her six siblings earned master's degrees. Although Maria still feels a strong connection with Mexico, she was focused on creating a happy, productive, useful life here in this country. She had tremendous faith in this country where she found herself and great hope of a good and happy life for herself and her family. The author of Hebrews writes eloquently of the hope and the faith that we as Christians must maintain in a time when it's difficult to stay hopeful. We know very little about the group who's addressed here, the Hebrews, but we do know that they had been persecuted for their faith. As Christians, we have hope for the world to come, for the kingdom of God promised to us by Jesus. And the early Christians, they actually expected to see Christ when he would return. They thought he would return in their lifetime. They hoped to be present at his coming. But here they are encouraged, meanwhile, to have faith like their ancestors who had hoped for the heavenly city even before Christ had walked on the earth. The faith of the early Christians directly connected them with the people of God who went before them. The author talks of Abraham and Sarah, in whom the entire Jewish people find their ancestry. They were promised descendants as numerous as the stars of heaven and as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. He writes that Abraham and Sarah left their home and their family on God's instruction and that from, they were for many years wanderers seeking a homeland promised by God. The author suggests that this is a spiritual homeland, calling God the builder and the architect of this homeland. But Abraham and Sarah's actual journey took them from Ur to Canaan to Egypt to the Negev 
we learn of the nomadic life that they led, living in tents. In Genesis 12, chapter 1, it's very clear that Abraham leaves a very settled existence to obey God's command. God tells him, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. With faith in God, Abraham and Sarah embarked on a journey filled with difficulties, even famine that forces them to leave home yet again. Abraham and Sarah are strangers in the land. This theme of the stranger in the land emerges time and again throughout the Old Testament. God's people are directly and consistently instructed to be kind, accepting, and generous to the stranger, the resident alien. Before I became a citizen, I was classified as a resident alien. I was fortunate, privileged always to be treated well even though I was not a citizen. I was privileged too to be able to dream of returning to my homeland. A homeland, a country where I would be free if I returned and well treated. Others are not so fortunate in their experience when they leave their homeland. Many, like refugees from Syria, would face persecution, even death, if they were to return home. Economic migrants face dire poverty in their home countries. And yet, after all they have experienced and endured, many maintain hope for a new start, a better life, above all, opportunities for their children. Is this not what Abraham and Sarah hoped for? A land blessed by God, where their descendants could prosper and be faithful to their God. In my work as an early childhood educator, I was fortunate enough to work with families from many different countries. At the University of Florida's Early Education Center, where I was director for seven years, there were around 17 languages spoken by the families there. In Alameda, California, where I worked for Head Start, we served families from more than 30 different countries. My life was greatly enriched by knowing families and children from Brazil and Mexico, Iceland, Vietnam, China, Korea, the Philippines, Cameroon, India, and so many more places. My daughters were able to form lasting friendships with children from across the world. In my last job as an educator before I retired, I worked for the University of South Florida, coordinating a parent education program around the state. I worked very closely with migrant families in Ruskin, just south of Tampa. It was part of my job to prepare and lead parent workshops that would help the parents to do all they could to ensure school success for their children. Parent wor workshops are not always well attended, especially in the evening time. I was amazed, though, at the attendance we had in the migrant centers. 
parents who had been working all day, picking tomatoes or strawberries, brought their children back to school in the evening to learn how to help them succeed in reading and math. The staff at these centers told me such attendance was common because these migrant workers had dreams for their children to be successful in this country, that they hoped and had faith would one day become their homeland. It occurs to me that their faith was not unlike Abraham's. They were strangers in the land. Many had great faith in God as well as in the opportunities this country offers. They depended on the people of this country to offer sanctuary, kindness, compassion, sometimes when life was very hard, even food to sustain them. In return, they worked harder than I can even imagine working, doubled over in the fields in all kinds of weather, and they prepared their children to be good citizens. Like Sarah and Abraham, they maintained faith that God, the architect and builder, was preparing for them a city that has foundations. But it's not only those who cross the ocean or borders to find refuge or opportunity who know what it means to search for a homeland. In a sense, as Christians, we are all exiles. From time to time, I use prayers in our liturgy taken from a book by James Lowry called Prayers for the Lord's Day, Hope for the Exiles. James Lowry uh, was actually a Presbyterian pastor in the Jacksonville area. Lowry writes that in modern life, Christianity no longer has the influence it did in colonial times and that consequently Christians are in some sense in exile. He writes that this very fact offers hope to us. He argues, by using the image of Christian exile, Christians can be filled with hope that does not rest on imperial power, but on the power of a gracious God who has a long history of restoring exiles to God's own promise. In the end, as a matter of our sure belief, the promise of God will not at last be thwarted. Moreover, we dare also to believe the Christian movement, freed from the bonds of Christendom, is being given a fresh opportunity to play a missional role in the unfolding of God's promise for all God's people. In this new missional role, we continue to stand before God on behalf of all people and proclaim boldly the truth of God known to us in Jesus Christ. One day this past week, I visited the Social Security office. So much of human life was there. Every color, every race, I imagine many creeds and faiths were represented in this room as we waited. People talked quietly together. A young woman helped an older man to find the right window to take his paperwork. A young child fussed and cried 
impatient to be somewhere where her little limbs could stretch and run. Nobody wanted to be there. We all had better places to be, nicer ways to spend our morning. Everyone, though, was patient and polite. A middle-aged, well-dressed African-American woman with two teenage boys, possibly foster children, sorted through documents and chatted quietly. Then she took out a small, leather-bound book. I saw the title, Daily Prayers. I saw that the book had a lot of folded-down pages and little notes tucked into it. She found the page that she needed. She read for just a short moment, and then she replaced it in her bag turning back to her official papers. It struck me that we were all strangers in that room, that we were strangers in the land, that we had a homeland where we longed to be. For this woman, her homeland was with God in prayer. While we wait to find our home, in God's kingdom, for that beautiful homeland that God has designed, laid out, and built for all God's children. Let us put our hope and our faith into action. Let us graciously, lovingly, and compassionately serve those who come asking for our hospitality. Our spiritual ancestors were strangers in the land, and they maintained hope and faith. Let us confirm to others that the faith that they hold is well-grounded, that God's people will respond with love. Let us help others to maintain hope in those things unseen until the promised day when Christ will come to restore his kingdom. Amen. Now, if you would please stand, and we will affirm together our beliefs in saying the Apostles' Creed. It's on page 14 in your hymnal, if you need to refer to that. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven,